Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is a special edition of The Vault by Access Hollywood. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of The Vault by Access Hollywood. I'm Scott Evans. And I'm Zuri Hall. Today, we're going to be dedicating this entire episode to one of the greatest. I'm going to say the greatest. The GOAT, Kobe Bryant. I mean, honestly, it's hard to believe that today marks one the one year anniversary of his passing. It almost doesn't mm-hmm. seem, it seems like 50 years ago and yesterday. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, to me, it if it still feels very much like yesterday. I still go through moments of uh, forgetting isn't the right word. It's just, I haven't yet gotten over the shock of it. So if yeah. I am just going through my day and then this just happened just a week ago, actually. And then I remembered, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like, you know, and then you just remember and you kind of feel those feelings again. There are very few people who um, were living legends, you know, yeah. um, let alone will live on with the type of, of legend and um, legacy that that Kobe has left behind. And that's the kind that still will just hit you at, yeah. at any any random or given moment, unexpected moment, but that's the power that he had because of, you know, his talent and, and, and the, the magic that he blessed us with. It's so interesting that you say used the word I had kind of forgotten because in, in LA, there are so many reminders, mm-hmm. right? Like there are these mu- beautiful murals painted all over our city that are these, um, beautiful gifts of his presence, right? And his impact. And I remember through all of the kind of um, what could seem like madness around some of the protests and outrage over the summer, all of these buildings were graffitied or tagged or vandalized. None of the Kobe Bryant murals were touched 
Right. Well, because there's so much respect and reverence, yeah. you know, around him. And when I say forget, I don't mean no. I totally understand what you in mean. a larger sense, but in the day to day of going to my kitchen or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think about this man and his legacy when I'm completely, you know, yeah. removed from a space where I might have a visual reminder, which just speaks to to his reach and and the, the impact that he's had on people. But yeah, those the murals and the, the tributes all across Los Angeles, they're they're so beautiful and also. Um, when I think about how those first started popping up, you know, in the, in the weeks following um, his passing, mm-hmm. what really was interesting to me was um, no matter how large the crowds were, because there were some that were very large. I remember that I, I was the one who was able to, to report um, from the crash site yeah. when it first happened. And I'll, I'll never forget that memory or that day. It was just, it was a lot. Um, but driving up, the the freeway you saw uh kobe billboards already starting to pop up um in memoriam or pray for kobe pray for the souls who were on that helicopter um and even when the crowds got big or you know what could have been crazy or uh, rowdy or whatever um Mm -hmm. there was an eerie but really beautiful and respectful sense of calm even in the midst of so much anticipation there were a lot of unanswered questions still at that moment and um even with the huge crowds it was just sort of everyone leaning on one another very quietly, you know, hoping for and praying for an amazing man and um, nine amazing, beautiful souls who were yeah. on that on that helicopter. I remember your reporting from the scene. We were in um, Orlando taping mm-hmm. um, kind of this this uh, uh, our shows from there in in, in association with the the parks, the Universal right. Parks. And then I saw the assignments go out about a crash site. And I was like, no, this is this is happening. This is real. Yeah. And I, I immediately started thinking about my time with him, you know, the time that he spent, that we spent in the same space. Um, you know, this is like the world champion Kobe Bryant, the guy mm-hmm. who played his entire career at the at the LA Lakers wearing eight and twenty-four numbers that are now retired. You can't even get that number if you are on the Lakers because it's, it belongs to Kobe. Right. Right. Um, right. But not only was he this incredible basketball player, he was also an incredible producer. He was uh, uh, showing talent as a writer. He was demonstrated effectiveness and impact as a humanitarian. He was a gold medalist, Olympic mm-hmm. gold medalist and an Academy Award recipient. Wow. I was thinking about those things and then immediately snapped out of that because I thought he was also a husband. Mm-hmm. He was Before also anything else, a husband and a father first. A father those first. women, oh my gosh, the lights of his life. Yeah, and I thought about the pain that Vanessa must be experiencing and um, to be losing the the man who was you know, I would, I would imagine the, the love of her life, but then also her baby girl. Mm -hmm. Um, and not being able to really couldn't imagine actually that Mm -hmm. kind of loss, um, that kind of tragedy. Um, and then I started scrolling Instagram and social media and seeing this like outpouring of love this outpouring of grief that mm-hmm. we is collective grief that we all shared remember that was before 
the COVID shutdown. Right, right. Right. That was earlier. That was, it was, it was around this time. So it was like, we, the, the COVID-19 had been like a whisper in some areas, but not really mm. um, hitting too, too hard. Uh, no, I will say, I, I will go on record as saying at that point, that was not even a, a thing in California, in Southern right, California, right. right? Like, cool. So this is LA. I think we're good for now. Um, so yeah, that was not a thing at all, which again, to, you know, the point earlier about those massive crowds of people just quietly mm-hmm. um, paying their respects, uh, sending up their prayers. That was the thing that we were able to do at the start of last year. Obviously, little did we know a few months later, that wouldn't have been possible, but yeah. he has certainly left um, such a beautiful legacy. And the what I am so impressed by is even... After Kobe's passing, his work ethic, his creativity, his um, limitless desire to not just achieve, but to give back and create was so large that it has continued beyond his his earthly presence. Mm -hmm. I was doing an interview just a few months ago for the the second installment of the children's book that had just released um, that he had written fully immersed himself in writing along with a co-author. And it just blew my mind as she spoke about him because it's like, this guy, like it was so much more than basketball. He just had a beautiful mind and he was interested in applying it in any space that he could apply it. And and that's just such an awesome way to to live one's life. I think he was, um, um, take your time. There was like a, so my first time, this is, I'm, I'm emotional because I'm just thinking about how thankful I am mm-hmm. for, to be able to, I know what it is like to be living your dream. Mm-hmm. I know what it is like to be experiencing the things that you had dreamed of and things even beyond your wildest dreams, mm-hmm. which I believe he was, Kobe was a, a walking example of. And so in this moment of experiencing some of recognizing that in him, I'm also experiencing some some really deep gratitude for my own dream, mm-hmm. um, and that it allowed me to get closer to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first interview with him was for uh, Dear Basketball, the the animated short. You he won the Oscar for right. Won the Oscar for. I remember sitting yeah. in a room with him, um, and just saying bruh, I think this is going to be the thing that legit, that 100% legitimizes you in this new space. You mm-hmm. are going to be a champion all over again. And it's going to start with this effort. I don't know if you see that, if you feel that, if you know that, but like, I can actually see you making your acceptance speech for the Academy Award. And he was like, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> What? For real? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I'm not saying that because you're Kobe Bryant. I'm saying that because this is powerful. Right, right. Um, which would, you know, when you have some, when you're able to have moments like that with people, it kind of links you. Yeah. We exchanged information after that interview. And I started just pitching him 
ideas, other mm-hmm. things to do. He wanted to get into reality TV, like uh, mm-hmm. into reality programming and um, uh, was developing a deal with Netflix. And I was like, I got some ideas for that. Like, if you want to do that, like, let's, let's, let's work like, together. Listen to this. Keeping up with Kobe. It's yeah. going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. The <laughs> like, kids are going to love it. I think, I think the kids are going to love it. Done. And everything will be done with K's. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a lip kit. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> But I just imagine him taking the time and being like, yes, I want to hear more about what you're thinking. I want to hear more about your ideas. And I want to hear more about um, what you want to create and how I can literally the words and how I can help. Mm-hmm. And um, you just you talk about this guy who had a, a real reach, mm-hmm. a real depth and that I think we were just kind of starting to see you were talking about the, the children's book mm-hmm. we were just starting to see him walk into this new phase yeah um yeah. in this in this particular clip we have followed Kobe for some mm-hmm. time at Access Hollywood mm-hmm. we've been a part of his various uh ventures in and outside of basketball so this is a we're gonna call it hip-hop Kobe Hip-hop Kobe. Dare I I hip-hop rapper rapper Kobe? We're going to go back to 1999 in this clip. This is the year that we saw uh, um, he really legitimizing himself and cementing himself as one of the premier guards in the NBA. But outside of basketball, he was starting a um, a budding music career in hip-hop, even Mm -hmm. signed to Sony Music. His debut album, Visions, was scheduled to release in the spring of 2000. And his very first single, K-O-B-E, featured Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. Yeah. Right? I remember this. I remember this this moment when this all was happening. Do you remember when the song? So this is crazy. I think I blacked this one. I I blocked this one out. I don't remember. And like really? to, the, to the point where I needed to, needed to hear the song again. But in this throwback clip, uh, Access caught up with Kobe in the studio to talk about all of his success and how he differentiates between women who like him and who like him for his money and how how he's staying humble in those times. Take a listen. Because you, you do have money i mean how do you differentiate between the ones that want you and the ones that want what you can give them you can ask me anything okay i just asked you (laughs) well you really can't differentiate um it's very very difficult to tell uh what i learned throughout the years is so what just roll the dice um i think god has a plan for us all and if if she's the one that's meant to be and that's what's going to happen I think uh, this is going to be a gut feeling that I'll have. I just know that she's the one. Feel like you're going to break a bunch of hearts when you decide to take the walk? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. How do you feel when, you know, like this story that, that we're doing is like, you're like the most sexy, eligible bachelor <laughs> in basketball. How does that make you feel? <laughs> when my sisters heard that, they just laughed. They just laughed at me like, Kobe, peanut head? Get out of here. And I'm pretty much thinking the same thing. What the? Me? Just wanted to say, get out of here. But it's an honor. It's an honor. But I just don't, I don't see how people see me in that light. But 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Peanut head? Peanut head. It's in my head shaped like a peanut. Well, I get it after I get it after my mother, so. She calls me peanut, it's all good. Really? That's what you were called? Peanut? Peanut. Peanut head. Man, siblings will keep you humble. Won't they? <laughs> I don't care what you do and what bag you I don't care how much money you made. Peanut head. shaped head, shoot. <laughs> Look at that head, though. Looking you like a peanut. You always gonna have that head. <laughs> you might get can't buy no new head. Like, <laughs> hey, can I just sit on these mills and just be great for five seconds, y'all? Nope, uh, not with not with the sisters, huh? I love that. I also, it's interesting to me his response about you know being so young, coming in that much money and success, um, and him just being like, "It is what it is," and I'll just I'll know and I'll go with my gut. I feel like roll the um, dice. Yeah, roll the dice. That that gives some insight into his. His mindset, just in general, right? Maturity, it's like, I think, also. Right. It is what it is. Like, just the epitome of mindfulness. Like, can't fix it. I'm not going to know for sure. You got to take a chance. You got to do big risk, big reward, which is, you know, clearly paid off over the course of his life. Um, so to have that sort of head on his shoulders at such a young age about his his circumstances right. is impressive. I also love, I, I also appreciate that, there is this mentality on the court that he has, this mamba mentality that's like, eat everybody, mm-hmm. right? Win all the time. There is no mm-hmm. losing, right? Mm-hmm. And then off the court, he's this dude that's like, yeah, my sisters call me peanut head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's so chill, laid kinda, back. Yeah, <laughs> that he had this idea or he had this ability to it seemed put it all on the court mm-hmm. and then when he stepped off the court at, uh when he retired from the court he put that same mamba mentality applied that same mamba mentality to his various ventures but socially mm-hmm. he was this this just this dude that was like a little light or maybe a big right. light maybe not a little light but, but this light Mm-hmm. And just down to earth. I just, I'm, I know. I'm, just, it surprises so cool. you every time. It surprises you every yeah, time. Yeah, I love that. Was a, that was a great clip. Um, I want to throw it back to a clip from 2009. Kobe was at the top of his game at this point. He obviously had incredible career success, huge endorsements, and his family was growing. So we heard him talk about, you know, technically when he was single and, you know, new to it all. But by now, Boothang was in the picture. I mean, Whitey was on the scene. Vanessa was out here. Uh, they had two kids at this point. The family was growing. And obviously, he was just like a massive role model at this point. He had booked. Kobe Bryant. Um, So at this point, he was league MVP for the 2008 season. He, like I said, was a father of two at the time. And he and his wife, Vanessa, had founded the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Family Foundation to help those in need develop physical and social skills through sports. So he is knee deep in building a whole legacy Oh yeah, right now, right? Like this isn't I'm new to the game and I'm killing it. This is, okay, I'm about to own yeah. the game. Yeah, how can I reach? How can right, I reach more? Right, right, right. Yeah. I love it. Um, so the last point is incredible. This last point is incredibly important though, because we talked about it at the top of the show, but like we said, he wasn't just a basketball player. He was so kind. He was so generous. Um, the interviews that have stood out to me the most, the video clips that I've watched of Kobe that stand out the most are the ones where people are 
um, telling uh, what you told Scott. There was a clip of a woman who was talking about her, I think, young son. He may have had some sort of um, illness or um, something that he was fighting through and was so young to be fighting through so much. And she said the first thing that Kobe said to her when he walked in the room was, how can I help? And to have that sort of willingness, mm-hmm. um, almost eagerness, which is even more important to to get the job done to assist however you can and that be the first question you ask you know when so many people ask what can i get um that that's a really really special uh testament to the kind of man he was so go ahead and listen to this clip and then and then we'll chat about it uh and we're doing a thing uh, about africa you know, have you ever been? I've never been. I've never been. You know, it's something that we've talked about doing. You know, my daughter is, uh, she's extremely passionate about, you know, helping kids in Africa. So and my wife and I have been talking about setting something up in her name um, that she can do, you know, in terms of helping kids in Africa. That's something that she's very passionate about, but we've never been over there. I know something that you're very passionate about, too, is, uh, is your charity work. Yeah. You know, being a superstar and being well-known all around the world. Uh, you also have a, a Kobe Bryant, Bryant Foundation. Right. Talk to me about that. Yeah, well, we have the uh, the Kobe Vanessa Bryant Family Foundation. And what we just try to do is just try to help youth. You know, it's one of the things that, you know, there are obviously a couple causes that we support, you know, constantly, consistently. You know, after-school All-Stars program. My wife's, you know, she's a big advocate of the, the St. Jude's the Children's program. Um, but we also like to have just enough money built up in the in the account to be able to help causes that just pop up. You know what I mean? Like we'll sit at home, watch the news, and all of a sudden you see a tragic story. We'll help that person out. That's who he was. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely who he was. And I love that, you know, he mentions the fact that his daughter has that passion and that she wanted to, um, you know, do charity work in Africa. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes right back to the parents, right? And what type of tone you're setting. The fact that um, philanthropy, that that charity work, that giving back when you have so much Mm -hmm. was a priority. Our parents very often teach us just through action. We just watch what they do. Um, And so clearly, to have someone like him as, as an example of what to do with what you have. Yeah. That's a really great example. Yeah. And, and to know that he was still looking for ways to know that the, the desire is that we can still be looking for ways, even when we are giving, mm-hmm. even when we are succeeding, we can still be looking for other ways to make an impact. Like yeah. that is an important aspect of like our humanness is mm-hmm. to be looking for ways to help people be better, to grow, to uh, come to themselves, and and to yeah. at, at minimum survive. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's um it's encouraging to know that he was like yeah. So my daughter has a this idea that she wants to help kids in Africa, and we are yep. and we are figuring out a yeah. way how to make that happen. Yeah. Um, it's also the tone the tone of his voice, hearing his voice to me has like a, it's like a, it's like, it's got a vibration. It's got like a, mm-hmm. you can tell he means what he's talking about. Right. 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 Like he's, he's not, um, it's not gas. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And he certainly means it with, to the point of like altruism and philanthropy. I didn't actually know this uh, before, but he was one of the founding donors for the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Remember when that first opened yeah. in DC? I remember it being a huge deal. I was so excited to go and check it out. I had no idea that he played a part in, in establishing what is such an important part of our legacy as African Americans in this country. Yeah. Two, over 200 make a wish foundation requests filled. Mm. Um, wow. You know, it, it's like he, he put his money where, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, he put his money where his mouth was. He put, he- Yeah, he well, you don't need it. a better phrase. That's the phrase. But I mean, like, I'm encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people listening to this are also encouraged by that. Um, yeah. this, this next clip um, is actually from 2018. And this was, I think, um, one of the last times I saw, no, I saw him, I would see him later at the um, Taylor Swift concert, but uh, this was an interview. He invited um, just us to this interview at uh, the hospital, at a hospital in Southern California. Um, He was actually doing a live reading of the Punies for uh, the children's ward of this hospital. Mm. And um, so we're talking about kids who are in terminal conditions, who are Mm -hmm. in uh, grave conditions and very serious conditions. And his whole desire was to boost their spirit um, with this reading of the podcast, this kind of this uh, uh, adventure podcast he created around these characters in this children's book. And um, we were supposed to talk for just a few minutes, um, but what anyone knows who's had a conversation with him is that you find yourself going way off script and really in the moment. And um, one of the things we started talking about uh, was his daughter, Gia, Mm -hmm. um, Gianna, and what their what his desire for her in basketball was, what his desire for her in life was. Um, We mentioned in the last segment that Kobe was, of course, a very busy guy uh, during his post-basketball career. I just want to tell you some of the the stuff he had going on around this time that we did this interview. Right, right. Uh, Kobe Inc. was on and popping. It was his way of growing and growing brands in the sports space, right? He also had Mm -hmm. a a digital media company um, that he created sports related content for specifically for kids. He understood that if you wanted to grow better people, if you wanted to get people, humanity in a space where we were better to one another, that you teach them young, you introduce these concepts at as early as you possibly could. So he wrote and produced uh, or co wrote and produced. Um, several young adult novels. I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. I, it was something that in in the research for this episode, I was like, oh man, I, for, I forgot about that. Um, but of course he would then win the Academy Award for best animated short for his film, Dear Basketball. If you haven't seen this, by the way, it is it's one, so of, the, it's one of the most beautiful illustrations um, mm-hmm. about the love of something and the desire for uh, a dream, how to dream a big dream. Um, and of course, the, the the Mamba Sports Academy had launched. So I was talking to him specifically about, or was invited to talk to him specifically about the work that he was doing with, with children, 
um, and the Mamba Mentality, this book that he'd written about his concept and his approach to uh, the sport of basketball. But here's an interesting part of our conversation, like I was talking earlier, about how he defined Mamba. Listen to this. Mamba himself, the, the, the character for Mamba was to help me get into character for when I played basketball. Because mm. yeah, there's a difference between Kobe the person mm -hmm. and then Kobe when I was performing. You know, at home, I can be a human jungle gym with my kids mm -hmm. and be a teddy bear. But now when I step into Staples Center, I got to lock in. Right. And the Mamba mentality became something of a philosophy to live by. Like in everything that you do, be present. Mm -hmm. right? What I'm doing at this moment is the most important thing I'm doing at this moment mm -hmm. in time. Mm -hmm. When you have that understanding, uh, you create things with great care. Yeah. When you create things with great care, they tend to have great quality. Kobe, your whole energy just shifted yeah. when I mentioned Mamba. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then I, I, I think about, I mean, you, what you say is, is serious for you. That's not yeah. just something you're, that's not a character you're putting on. That's not no. a, a, a sales gimmick. Like that's actually, just to mention that for you, you hold your energy yeah. in a different space. You, you talk different, the whole deal. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, I lock in, you know, yeah. and, it, and, it's, and it's certainly there for us. Like when I played, mm -hmm. it was there. But even now, getting to the studio, we get into writing, we get to editing, it's the same shift. Yeah. You have to pay attention to every little beat, you know, the space between words, right? What's the rhythm? What's the mm -hmm. cadence of the podcast, right? And you got to go back and review things over and over, see, make sure things on the ear are, aren't catching. If mm -hmm. something's catching, oh, something's wrong. Something's right. wrong. So every little beat, when the music starts, when it ends, you know, every little cue, and, and that's what Mamba mentality is, is to really approach things with great, great, great care. Wow. I need you it's to, so I need wild. you to know. I just need you to know. I need you to yeah. know. So we this was this was probably in the that part of our conversation, I believe, was near the middle of our time together in this particular uh -huh. instance. And we were initially talking about, you know, the energy of the room and the day and punies and you know, this effort for kids and this this desire for their lives to be full of as much joy and happiness and, and light as possible. And he mm -hmm. had this kind of jovial sense, right? Mm -hmm. The moment I asked him about Mamba mentality, it was like Oof. he clicked yeah. into this, not just competitive, but hyper-focused state. Right. Literally right. the way he was, the way he was, his posture changed, yeah. the tone of his yeah. voice changed. And I couldn't, pretend like I didn't notice that, notice that shift. Yeah. yeah. You could hear it. I mean, when you think about the clip we played just before this one and this one now, there's a difference. Like he seems so cool and laid back and all about giving and this and that, but like chill. And then there was like a conviction there. There was like yeah. a presence where I kind of had to sit up a little straighter, like, okay. Um, it's impressive. It also drives home the fact that Kobe was such a technician. Like when you hear him talking about also, mm -hmm. even when he's talking about podcasting and cadence and rhythm and sound, these are things that have nothing to do with basketball. And yet he is so technical mm -hmm. with the way that he processes and produces in that space, the same way he produced on the court. And it just blows my mind. It is a masterclass in mindfulness mm -hmm. to have that type of hyper-focus that you mentioned, that sort of presence. It's, um, I don't want to be dramatic, but it's like transcendental. 
Okay. It transcends for sure. What he, what he did when he went into that space of mindfulness. And it's just so impressive because that's hard to do. Think about how many thought spirals we get lost in on any given day. Think about how the a bird flying can distract us. Uh, you know, how we can get knocked off of our game if we're not focused. And for a man like him to have been so unshakable and how much focus and dedication, um, and technical commitment that yeah. requires. And how, I mean, the real benefit of this moment, of this, of the listening of this podcast is how you can mm-hmm. not just acknowledge it in Kobe, but how we can all be maybe living a little bit more Mamba lifestyle, how you can find great quality in what you produce and what you create and and how you live if you take great care in the Mm -hmm. details, right? Like, I think it's a really, it would be a missed opportunity for all of us to just be listening to some clips of Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant if we weren't willing to say in our own lives, like, wait, could this be a moment for me to mamba mentality Mm -hmm. the next phase of my life? Could this be an opportunity or an invitation? Could my finding this podcast today, this episode with Scott and Zuri and these incredible producers at the vault be an invitation for me to lift my life into a place that maybe I've always wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. Could this be my moment? Could this Mm -hmm. be my catalyst? And I hope that if it's a question that you have for yourself, you're willing to say yes. I hope that if if that is a sincere desire for your heart, and I know that I'm off script, but if it is truly something that maybe the universe, that God, that whatever you pray to or think about is revealing to you that you take the opportunity today. Because I think about, Zuri, your, your first interaction or your your story about meeting Kobe and saying, mm-hmm. I'll wait until next time and that next time never happened. Don't right. do that today. Yeah. So say yes, say yes now. Say yes now. And and mm-hmm. I mean what I said when his when his energy shifted. If you want to see it for yourself, head to, uh, I think it's the Access Hollywood YouTube page. You can mm-hmm. see him actual do the things that we were describing. You can see it for yourself. It was yeah. next level. It was next level. Yeah. I can't believe it's been a year since um, we lost him, but his legacy, most certainly, I mean, understatement. <laughs> what an understatement that his legacy lives on. Um, and, and his gifts, he keeps giving us gifts. He's left yeah. so much in so many spaces for us to learn, for us to uh, be able to apply the Mamba mentality that that he so popularized. Um, and it, it is certainly special. And to your point, Scott, you're right. Like that's a thing that anyone can rise to the call of, you know, if, if that's something that's on your heart or, or an energy that you hope to tap into, it's something that is certainly within all of us. And he's given us a lot of gems as to how to reach it, how to access it, how to live in it and thrive in it. Um, and for that, we will certainly be be forever grateful to Kobe Bryant. This was a very, very special, very bittersweet episode yeah. um, for the podcast. But I got to say, even in the midst of the pain and the the tragedy, the grief, the still trying to understand why, you know, mm-hmm. um, there is still a lot of uh, joy and gratitude in the reflecting and, and realizing, wow, how lucky and blessed we all are to to have so much to discuss and reflect on yeah. so many gifts that he's given and left behind. 
I hope that you guys are like feeling good. I hope that you're feeling, I know that it's a, it's a, this can feel like some heavy content, but it's also really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's the energy I guess I'm carrying with me as we close this particular episode out. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to share this space Mm -hmm. with you, Zuri. um, And for everybody, with everybody who's listening, like this is a really special thing, I think. Yes, it absolutely is. Thank you all so much for joining us on a very, very special episode of The Vault by Access Hollywood, Kobe Bryant, the eight other beautiful souls who were lost that day. Uh, May they all rest in peace. And again, just so, so thankful and grateful for um, all of all of the gifts that Kobe has left us with. We will continue to celebrate his life and his legacy. Uh, Most definitely. We will see y'all in the next one. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rudder, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we crank open the vault for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.